presented by Altria. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade, and it is Friday. Woohoo! Also the beginning of a nice three-day-long weekend, except if you're a member of the Congressional Press Corps. In that case, you will be spending your Memorial Day staking out Kevin McCarthy in the Capitol. Yeehaw. We'll see you up there. Speaking of the debt ceiling, you may not believe this, and I'm kind of surprised I'm reporting this this morning, but negotiators appear to be within striking distance of a debt ceiling deal. A source familiar with the talks told me last night that negotiators have all but finalized the spending portion of these discussions. And as one Republican negotiator said recently, once the spending piece gets locked in, the rest of the deal should actually fall into place fairly quickly. Now, this morning, I'm going to take you through the details of what we know and some key dynamics to watch. But before I do a note of caution, take all of this with a grain of salt. There is a reason that there's that famous old Washington adage that says nothing is agreed to until everything is agreed to and everything is not agreed to yet. So all these details could change. I will also note that, you know, conservatives on the right and progressives on the left are starting to balk as they're hearing some of these details, and that pushback could also influence what we see in a final package. So again, just keep in mind that things are fluid and could still change. Here's what we know about spending caps. So negotiators appear to be in agreement on raising the debt ceiling for two years through the 2024 election cycle and also capping discretionary spending on everything except the Pentagon and veterans programs during that same two years. Now, Republicans, you'll recall, were demanding that Democrats reduce non-defense discretionary spending to fiscal 2023 levels. They appear to have pared back those expectations and are going to be meeting the White House to what is essentially a freeze at fiscal 2023 levels. Now, I should say this, technically, when you read the bill, I'm told, it will say that non-defense discretionary spending will actually be reduced below what it is right now, below fiscal 2023 levels. And that is going to allow Republicans like Kevin McCarthy to say to their rank and file, look, we got Democrats to cut spending. But tucked inside this bill is going to be a number of accounting maneuvers that are going to let Democrats shift funds from other places to basically make up the loss of those cuts. So essentially, it's going to be a wash, and this is going to be a spending freeze at fiscal 2023. At least that's what I'm told last night. At the same time, defense spending levels for the Pentagon and veterans programs are going to be growing by Biden's proposed budget. So another concession by Republicans who are actually demanding an increase in Pentagon funding. The Pentagon will see a boost. It's just not going to be as big as Republicans wanted it to be originally. There's also been some news on the IRS clawbacks. Republicans were trying to get Democrats to rescind $80 billion that they had given the IRS to go after tax cheats. Republicans say that this money is being used to go after average Joe Americans. Democrats say that's false and it's really going after people who are cheating on their taxes. Regardless, they will now be clawing back $10 billion from that $80 billion pot. And... Sure, you could call that a small win for Republicans, but again, that money is actually just going to be moved to other non-defense discretionary programs. So it's not going to be saved. It's just getting moved. We should also mention this morning that just a few days ago, there was some reporting saying that negotiators had agreed to claw back unspent COVID money. So that appears to also be a go, and negotiators appear to be in a good place on that. But 
big but here. There are two major unresolved issues that we're keeping an eye on right now. And TBD, how long it's going to take for leadership and the White House to iron out these disagreements. The first one is, yes, you probably guessed it, a work requirement stalemate. Democrats on the Hill were totally up in arms when Biden signaled that he might be open to beefing up work requirements on things like food stamps. And that issue remains an impasse. Republicans are still insisting that they get some sort of win on work requirements. But since Republicans are not willing to consider raising taxes on the wealthy and corporations, the White House isn't exactly feeling like they need to offer a concession on something like work requirements. So that's an issue that needs to be resolved. Another big item on the to-do list, permitting reform. Yes, both parties, in theory, agree that they want to tackle permitting reform. A deal sounds simple enough. Democrats want to make it easier to build electricity lines and approve solar and wind energy products. And Republicans want to make it easy to drill for oil. So could they both sort of give each other what they want and come up with a deal? In theory, yes. But I was told last night that the logistics of actually putting this energy permitting package together in such a short time frame and before June 1st is actually weighing on negotiators right now. One person even brought up this notion that if it can't get done, perhaps there's some sort of framework that is agreed to and a deal, a gentleman's handshake to pass this in the future. So we'll see if that actually lands. Usually in our daily podcast, we go to a totally different topic, but since debt ceiling is all the rage, I'm going to stay on this for a little bit. A few dynamics to watch as we're waiting for this deal to be finalized. The first one, and it's a big one, unhappy conservatives. The Freedom Caucus urged Kevin McCarthy in a letter yesterday to hold the line and actually push harder for GOP priorities. And we saw conservative Senator Mike Lee come out and vow to do everything in his power to try to hold up past of a deal that he doesn't like. And let's be honest, he's probably not going to like this deal. A second dynamic to watch, unhappy Democrats. Uh, we told you a little bit about this in Playbook yesterday. Discontentment with the White House among Democrats has gotten to the point that some of them are even warning that the White House should not count on their votes necessarily for a deal. In fact, my colleague Adam Kankren spoke last night to centrist Jared Golden, who's a Democrat from Maine, and he is a moderate Democrat that the White House will absolutely need to vote for a deal like this. But Golden was actually noncommittal about backing a compromise, and he was especially irate at the fact that the White House was going to be taking $10 billion out of the IRS because of these GOP demands. Third dynamic to keep an eye on, and a big wild card this one will be Donald Trump. As you'll remember, the former president has been cheering Republicans to actually embrace a nationwide default if they can't get everything they want in these debt ceiling talks. Yet that is exactly where things stand right now. This tentative deal that we're looking at this morning looks nothing like the GOP's opening offer. It looks nothing like Republicans' debt limit bill that passed the House a few weeks ago. And if these details don't change, Republicans will have allowed Democrats to essentially keep non-defense discretionary spending the same for two years while extending and raising the debt ceiling for two years. And that is a far cry from the cuts they were originally demanding and then the 10 years worth of spending caps that they actually wanted. So how is Trump going to react? It is hard to tell, but if he blesses it, he could actually make McCarthy's life much easier. So the speaker appears to be well aware of this. And yesterday he told reporters that he spoke with Trump. Trump's advice to him Make sure you get a good agreement. We'll see if Trump agrees that he did. For the rest of your schedule today, 
I'll be honest, there's not a whole lot going on. There won't be a podcast episode on Monday, but there will still be a newsletter. For any non-debt ceiling news, check out Playbook This Morning at politico.com slash playbook. I hope you all have a great long weekend. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening. We're moving in a new direction, moving forward and moving beyond smoking. We are Altria and our companies are leading the way in moving adult smokers away from cigarettes by taking action to transition millions toward potentially less harmful choices as we move from being known as a tobacco company to being recognized as a tobacco harm reduction company. Altria is moving beyond smoking. Find out how at Altria.com.